Hello, everyone. My name is Maurice Hamilton, and welcome back to our podcast, where we named it Where Humanity Meets Technology. We like to interview different guests and, and different leaders of business organizations to talk about how they are actually using technology for the betterment of humanity. Today, we have a special guest, and I say a special guest because I have a special announcement to say. Uh, we have Parisa Navaralavi, who's actually was the vice president of operations for ServiceNow Corporation, and she is now the senior vice president for for a senior vice president for operations still, right? That's Correct? right, global operations. That's right. <laughs> so, so we're really happy to have her here. And I'm really also really elated to have her, uh, Parisa, here with us on this podcast because there are so many of us who have in the past used ServiceNow applications uh, because it's very popular application, very good as uh, a SaaS uh, application that allows people to actually to uh, moderate, I, I want to use the word, but I'll have Frieza probably go a little bit more into it, but it allows for you to actually put efficiency into your operations so everybody can actually extract or or, or deliver information on a, on a one platform tool. And it makes life so much easier. And especially those of us who have actually used like a ticketing system or or case studies, like uh, case management, like I have, you know how efficient that can be. So Parisa, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Fantastic to you, Maurice. Really, really been looking forward to connecting with you again. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so let me start with uh, a few questions for you here. And I, I definitely want to be cognizant of your time. I'm really, uh, thank you again for being with me. Uh, I like my the, pleasure. Thank you, thank you. I like to begin the podcast and in, in with something where I call like a Genesis type question. And, and a, a Genesis question, because I like to start from the beginning. Can you mm-hmm. actually give our users and our listeners a, a general idea how you actually got into the position that you're in today and uh, and the road that you've taken to get there? Because I know you have a plethora of experience there. Can you actually enlighten us with that? Sure, absolutely. So I'm an engineer by background. Um, I uh, started actually as a chemical engineer and moved to the Bay Area in Silicon Valley almost two decades ago. And when you're in the Bay Area, you've got to really figure out how to get into tech. So really moved into actually supply chain uh, in the Bay Area, worked um, for a um, very famous technology company down the road um, that uh, uh, really taught me everything that I needed to know about just everything across Cook to Cash. So I did supply chain, customer operations, service logistics, um, worked also in finance as well, um, really uh, leading their digital transformation office. Um, and then, um, left um, to go to a software company, um, really to get that software experience um, under my belt. And um, and just recently, a couple of years ago, I moved to ServiceNow. It seems like just yesterday, but it's actually now been over two years. And so really kind of a lot of operations, strategy and execution sort of uh, related um, body of work uh, with a deep focus on just how to scale companies um, how to really deliver, um, you know, really business impact for our customers. I mean, I've always been very attracted to companies who have a kind of customer first mindset. So, um, in over the last two and a half years, I've been working on uh, figuring out everything from commercial models to monetization models for the company as we, you know, grow our software product suites at ServiceNow. But also, of course, just uh, and with the recent. Um, uh, expansion of my scope, we're also looking at how to really uh, think about how global operations, again, this is everything across Cote to Cash really plays a role in scaling all the 
operating model of the, of the company. So that's an area I feel really passionate about as well, because for me, it's like the veins of the company, you know, that like feeds blood to the rest of the company. Um, so that's what I've uh, been doing. Uh, yeah, that, is, stuff. That, that sounds like fun. That's a really challenging role. I like how you mentioned about even trying to figure out how to monetize everything. So it's a win-win-win for everybody, you know? That's right. That's awesome. Excellent. Uh, so my second question would be, uh, you just spoke to your role here. Can you actually kind of cite one or two factors uh, where your the applications are actually driving humanity and technology? You know, I have to tell you, one of, I, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will sort of have uh, relate to this. You know, there's a lot of companies that sort of sell products that really, when you think about it, does it, does it really do any good for humanity or for, does it really um, drive business outcomes or real value that's tangible and long lasting? And um, and maybe I've drunk a lot of the Kool-Aid, but I really fundamentally believe that ServiceNet does that. Um, I, I used to be a consumer, and actually I'm still a consumer of software products that really help automate work that should have been automated, right? Um, be it work that um, helps you know the company scale, or is it work that really makes the quality of the products better, or your customer engagements faster, more seamless, or just managing risk. I mean, if you think about just how, how companies run. So when I think about uh, where ServiceNow is just sort of doing things that are better for the, for the customer, I, I sort of see that as two dimensions. One, hey, in the operating model of a, any company, um, they either have to serve their customers, they have to either manage risk, um, or they have to manage their infrastructure. And every type of area, you know, if you go across the layer cake of things that any company needs to do, either for itself, to manage its internal operating model well, or to serve their own end customers, um, I sort of see ServiceNow really playing a really good part. Um, and I wish I knew more about ServiceNow before, because again, as I said, I, I've consumed many of these software products. Um, and to just give you an example, I I remember how to run customer service, right? Everything from how to engage, manage cases keep customers updated, really giving them a, a better engagement model. And uh, I picked a product that took us almost 15 months, 12 to 15 months to implement fully across the globe. And for the same product, you know, at ServiceNow, you can have it up and running in two months. And if I, I, I'm just floored by that time to value being such a shorter period. Um, and I think that's what excites me about some of the products that we build for our customers is first, it's not just doing the jobs really well that our end customers really care about, but really making it easy so it doesn't require a Herculean event um, or project to have that value be realized in your company. So that's kind of for me where I, where I see the most amount of excitement is both solving the customer problems, but solving it in an expeditious way. Um, that doesn't require an army of personnel to to help you get across the finish line. Wow. And I like how you gave me that example. That was my next question is to give me a, an example of what you've done with that. You gave me that that customer service. And yeah. I what, what the, with the pandemic and you yeah. think customer service pre-pandemic and customer service now, that is such a intricate part of a business now with that customer service element. And you scaled that, you said two months and just put that... That that is remarkable, you know. It's, it's crazy. It it really is. It's funny because, um, by the way, again, I'm I'm a big believer of drinking your own Kool Aid, right? So we actually had a real example where we had our uh, sales team that really required 
very quick turnaround on things that were supporting their customers. And we said, okay, well, let's create some sort of a hotline and some sort of a support center that really serves our seller community. And uh, when I asked my team to kind of put together using our own products, uh, I was expecting, okay, this is going to be six months from now or nine months from now. And they gave me a two-month timeline. Like, are you sure this is this is doable? And uh, and I said, yeah, in fact, it's doable in a month, but we're giving you two and a half, three months because we need to train people. That's the only reason it's taking us three months. So it's quite astounding what can be done. Uh, so that that's pretty exciting. And and of course, we're sort of citizen zero. We're kind of also test things out and and work with the product team to say, hey, could you do this a little differently? And, and uh, because these are the things we found really useful. So awesome, excellent, excellent. <laughs> you know, and and as leaders of businesses, and especially with your new role as an SVP, you can go back and look at the experiences. There are some times where something doesn't or didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out. Can you cite one or two examples of lessons learned when something that you implemented didn't exactly go as planned? My goodness, those are the juicy ones. You know, I have to tell you, uh, if someone had asked me a decade ago whether you would have looked back on some of the hiccups or the failures and looked at uh, at those as kind of the most lessons learned, uh, I actually really would have laughed at you. But I, I do believe that you really take in those are battle scars as I call them right which makes you stronger um and when I look at where things didn't go quite as planned um I almost see a theme in each one of them one was potentially lack of leadership and support right so people tend to kind of rotate over rotate on technology being the solution of everything and of course technology is absolutely a pivotal uh um a component of you know really realizing business outcomes. Of course, there's no doubt about that. And that but if you haven't done the right, uh, if you don't have the right executive buy-in, if you don't have the right change management plan, if you don't have the right process simplification, just what should we be doing that's valuable? What should actually be automated? Don't necessarily automate everything, but what should uh, be considered for a technology evolution? I sort of look at that as areas where we make kind of the most amount of mistakes, right? So. What we tended to do is over-rotate uh, because we didn't do our homework up front. We didn't really simplify the processes. We didn't really think through what is the life cycle of, of an experience? Who's going through this, right? Who are the different personas? And we over-relied heavily on the technology team um, solving those issues, right? Um, so I think that for me, that's probably the biggest uh, areas of sort of heartburn that I've had in the past where we didn't do that. Um, in addition to the fact that um, you, 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 you sort of also have to have a really great plan. And people sort of really underestimate the power of a really good plan as you're doing things that are multi-theater, multi-global, different cultural elements of execution, different ways of working. Uh, and I found that whenever you didn't really think through that, hey, this is a global team, you're doing a major change, you know, you're moving work from location A to location B. It's not just a technology implementation. There is uh, a evolution of work being done by new team members. Uh, those are sort of some of the finer points that you sort of overlook until it comes back to bite you. So uh, my biggest lesson learned has been, uh, you know, it's process, policy, data, systems, and tools. And then, of course, around that is the people element. Who's, who's involved? And who needs to be involved? Who um, and have you checked all the boxes, or are you just again uh, over rotating on just the technology piece and hoping that will fix everything? So that's been probably the best advice I could give you if you're uh, 
embarking on a journey on that one. Well, I think that's excellent advice. And, and that's why you got promoted to SVP, you know, <laughs> because the battle scars, I think so. <laughs> uh, I'm so proud of the battle scars. It's all good. That's good. So my, my last question would actually be, and I know none of us have crystal balls. And, yes. and when you think about like two years ago, who would have thought we've been talking about chat GPT and AI? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you look at the market, I know it's hard to predict this. How do you actually see ServiceNow uh, in the next one or two years and doing a different market strategy to really take that that uh, utopian uh, balance for managing workflows to the next level? What, what do you think that, or what would you like to see the uh, the, the market to be? Oh my gosh. So, so I, I would answer that in two parts. Um, one is uh, you can never go wrong if you're doing right by your customers, right? Always. So uh, I, I, and I, believe the success of ServiceNow has always been anchored on, um, hey, at the core of this technology, what problems um, that the customer is having will it solve, right? And um, is that valuable? Is that a problem worth solving? And is it valuable for the customer? And did they did they realize those values um, that we promised them? So for me, that continuous focus on putting the customer first and really fanatically being uh, building products that really do that um, now, I know it sounds really obvious, but uh, that is something that, again, is just continuing to having that razor sharp focus of this is valuable for the customer as we build our portfolio, as we expand our portfolio, how do we make it simpler for customers to consume our products? How do we make it really intuitive for them to see, huh, these are the business problems that, uh, and the full suite of things that we could solve for, for the customers. So part one is fanatical focus. Customer um, companies that really don't have that will not last. They will not be around in the next two to three years. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, the second part is trends and what we're sort of saying. In all honesty, um, I'm really excited about where ServiceNow is going to play because it's sort of, you know, we were sort of pigeonholed into certain areas of the business. Um, I mean, obviously, some of the kind of the ITSM, the the standard suites of products that kind of got us into the door. But really, the whole platform or platform play where we're across the entire enterprise. There isn't any area that we don't want to be in and where we can't add value for the customer. So um, everything from risks to healthcare to um, to uh, different personas and industries, I mean, the whole in, uh, verticalization and the industries that we can serve and support better, I can't think of an area where we won't be involved. So I don't want to oversell it, but uh, as long as work needs to be done Service now can be involved in that work. Um, so now, the, I think maybe the nuance is how do we have it so that it's a win-win where we're sort of collaborating and connecting with other technologies as well. So we're making it super easy for customers to consume more products. Um, but I really, in all honesty, if you ask me that in a few years, I, there's there's not going to be many areas where we're not going to be playing in. So it's going to be pretty interesting, you know, interesting ride. It's going to be fun um, because that really. Uh, amplifies the impact we can have. Um, and it's a it's a joy to be part of that. Wow. I am so looking excited and looking forward to following you, not only your career as the new senior vice president of operations for ServiceNow, but ServiceNow as a whole has been an awesome uh, application. I've, worked, I've used it before in the past when I worked in corporate America. And is it really easy to use? And and uh, Parisa, I really want to thank you uh, for taking the time with me, especially with your role and with, with, the, with the responsibilities that you have right now, taking the time to spend with me. I am so happy. Thank you very much.
Oh, gosh, it's been just a pleasure talking to you. And I love doing this, the best part of my day. So thank you for making the time for me as well. And I hope this was useful and uh, always available for any questions um, if you get them. So please ring me if you ever need anything. I will. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Please feel free to follow us. And and uh, you just heard her. Uh, send, send me a note and I'll make sure she gets any kind of questions that you may have. And, and we'll take it from there. Thank you, everyone. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much, Maurice. Thank you.